With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Wednesday, the 13th of February, 2019, and I'm quite tired, quite jaded, Patrick Smith. Uh, well done to the boys last week. I thought it was a great podcast. I was listening to it on my holiday. It was really, really entertaining. Maybe you think I want to listen to it a bit more, so maybe I'll take a little bit more time off. Um, this podcast has gone out at 10 o'clock. You'll already know why. Um, we'll get to the big news after in due course. We'll be chatting with Steve Thornton. We've got a chat with Aaron Murphy, and we'll be looking at your TFAs with Stephen Murphy. But first of all, let's start by introducing the host of last week's Review from the Bridge, Mister David McJimsey. How are you? I'm not bad, Paddy. I'm uh, I'm doing something for the first time tonight. Not while on the podcast, but just the first time in general. I'm having a glass of red wine. Oh, very nice. Never had one. Never had one before. I know that might be well, strange. No, never, never had a glass of red wine. Fine, hard to believe. I've had well, plenty of white wine, but I've never had a glass of red wine before. And uh, I'm on the wrong show. I, uh, <laughs> I know it's, it's all this here, you know, beers and whiskeys and all that we promote every week. And look, I, I do some strange stuff in my life. And the other night, it was very windy, and the recycling was blown all, all over the street. Two o'clock in the morning, I got up and was like tidying it all up, and. Uh, the next door neighbour came up the next day and went, there's a bottle of wine for you. He said, I don't really drink, but thanks very much. So I was cooking a wee spag ball at night and I poured a bit of red wine. And I said, that seems a shame to let that go to waste. So unfortunately, it ended me here. Um, <laughs> two things there. One, it's, it's like we've turned into a bit of a food and a drink show. And two, I wish I had the theme <laughs> tune to Neighbours on the sideboard. Yeah. Uh, well, well, oh, th- well give us your assessment, Davey. What do you think of the red wine? <laughs> Man, I, I, I have nothing really to compare to. <laughs> it's all right. Fair point. It's all right. Mr. It's, Simon um, it Kitchen. Has, it has, it has sense of vanilla and mocha. Was that what says that in the back of a bottle, uh, so I'm just enough. taking that as red. You know? Taking it as red. Mr. Kitchen, how are you? I'm dead on. I have a bottle of water. So <laughs> apart from no red wine tonight, I've got to get up early in the morning. So well, um, I've got I've got a I've got a cup of decaffeinated tea in a view from the bridge mug. That's what I've got. So just you know, we're all t- you and me are taking it easy. Davy's going for it. I had plenty Rock of booze roll, last Davey. week. No. I had plenty of booze last week. I don't need any more. That's, that's that's me and booze finished for a while. I think unbelievable. Um, the uh, oh, before we move on to talk, you're um you've got a week off this week, says you're, but you're well you, at least you thought. Uh, I believe you're with the free sports guys. Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing Chris Ellis's job uh, this week. So we're doing the ringside reporter. Um, 
got a call there about 10 days ago about it. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, to be honest, I was looking forward to getting the night off. But uh, uh, it should be a good game. You know, it's a, it's a big game for us this season again. And, and um, you know, I, I do like our chances. So, I'll wait and see what happens. And, and because it's free sports, I am supposed to remain impartial. <laughs> Are you? Uh, allegedly, but I can't say that happened. Like. Very much for turning up. Yeah, I'll be expecting lots of that. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's get stuck into the weekend's games. Belfast Giants had three games in three nights. First up, two games at home against the Guildford Flames. On Friday, it was a 3-2 overtime win for the Belfast Giants. Goals, first goal of the game came well in the third period. A very tight game against the Flames. No goals for the first two periods. And then John, John Dunbar... Opened on four minutes thirty into the third. Blair Riley on the power play made it one one before Ben Davies with just over five minutes left. Well lovely finish made it two one to the flames. The Giants had to fight back with two and a half no sorry, under two and a half minutes left in the game on the PP. Colin Shields slots at home and makes it two two. And we go to overtime. And in overtime, Chris Higgins with the short-handed winner. Where were you? Bucks behind you! See ya! <laughs> Regards to goalkeeping Tyler Beskarowani with the win, 25 saves on 27 shots. The other side, Chris Carosi played the game on Friday, 23 saves off 26 shots. Your referees that night were Andrew Dalton and Dean Smith will also take on the next night, which is Saturday. And it was a more comprehensive victory for the Belfast Giants. 7-2 over the Flames. And the first four goals, well, it was Jonathan Furland in the first period. Jordan Smotherman getting a goal in 17-36 in the first period on the power play. Kendall McFall made it three. And Chris Higgins, also in the second period, made it four. Into the third period, and the Flames started to try that fight back. Kelly Ackard made it 4-1. And then Cruz Reddick about midway through the period, made it 4-2 before David Rutherford, Jonathan Boxall, and a thunderbird from Josh Roach made it 7-2. Your goalkeepers, well, Tyler Beskarowani, 30 saves on 32 shots on the other side. Travis Fulton, 26 saves on 33 shots. And your referees that night, once again, were Andrew Dalton and Dean Smith. Says, we'll t- start with you on this. Guildford Flames are a good side. Uh, they will, will come to their, their their third game and how they ran the, the, the champions close. But the uh, regards to our games, that first night, the, the 3-2 was a tense affair. It was a really tense affair, Paddy. Uh, you know, I, I thought they, they really started very slowly. I thought our first 10 minutes were brilliant. Uh, they started to come back into it. You know, there wasn't a lot of chances. There wasn't a lot of quality scoring chances in the first 40 minutes. Um, especially the first twenty, but as the game went on, you know we 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 only took the one penalty. Our discipline on Friday night was excellent. Um, I think they had four or five uh, penalties, and and as Adam always says, against the the Guildford Flames, you need to stay in the penalty box. Their their power play has been pretty decent, and uh, because we didn't give them that chance, you know, I thought that we really you know had the opportunity to to uh, to win that game and, and get into the third period, still nil nil. They get the, the go-ahead goal. Uh, we responded very well. They come again. They, you know, they, they, they just, they're relentless. There's that, especially that top line of um, of uh, Waters, 
Dunbar and Reddick. Um, I'm with Jesse Craig and, and uh, Accurate on the back end. That's as good as a top line as anywhere in this league, without a shadow of a doubt. Any other team in the elite league would take those five players. Any other. Um, so, you know, to, to come out of that game and then obviously, you know, get the goal, or Shed's getting the, the tying goal, get taken into overtime, and then Higgy scoring the winner. Was, uh, I thought it was a great response after going down twice. Um, you know, since we come off the road trip back in uh, early December, uh, our road, our, our sorry, our home farm, which we talked about on numerous occasions, uh, and needing it to be good has, has been excellent. And I, I can't remember. I was looking at it the other day. I think it's twelve and two uh, in the league at home since we come off the road trip. So you know, Davy's good at the stats, obviously, and I'm sure he'll um, you know let me know if I'm wronger. But I think it is twelve and two, and that's you know, if you'd have given me that back in December, I'd have bit your arm off for it. So we're we're playing well. Um, Friday night's game, as I say, it was having a, you know again having a couple of days off for the boys earning a week after three and three. You know, six three and threes this season has been a real bomb. And uh, leading into this weekend with three and three was always going to be tough. It's very important to win that first game uh, on the Friday night, and that's exactly what we did. Davy, Chris Higgins with two assists and the game-winning goal, he's settled in pretty well. Yeah, it's always going to take a little bit of time to. Uh... You know, we get the skits underneath you, but you know, we knew when he was coming in that he'd been, he'd be, he was going to be in good physical shape, and you know, he had been skating, but it was still going to take a few games just to get himself fully back in the swing of things. It didn't really take that long, and you know, the playmaking ability he has, and you know, he's added a little string to his bow. I think he's he's getting into that dirty area. You know, he comes up with a big goal on um, on Saturday night, going into the blue paint. Okay. He's maybe shoved into it. <laughs> he maybe doesn't go of his own volition, but he's in and in and around there, and he's, he's you know he's keen to get goals, he's keen to make assists. So you know he's been a big contributor already in the in the few weeks he's been here. And he's getting the, the time with with Jordan Smotherman though. On both the the Riley and the Shields goal, they were both the, the the two assists on that goal. And then you also look on the on the Saturday that goal you mentioned also had Smotherman, Smotherman on the uh, on the assist. Oh, well, Smotherman came in. He's he's a class act. You can tell that he's played at a a very high level. And, and even this season, you obviously coming straight out of the DEL and into this league, he's hardly missed a beat. And he still, as Sizzle tell you, he's still playing with somebody else's sticks. You know, which 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 can't be, you know, easy for him. You know, easy to say you should be able to pick up any stick and play with. It. But if you're used to playing with a certain curve or a certain length or a certain brand, you know, you want your own sticks. It's like you know, Paxton coming in this weekend to play on the testimonial bringing his own sticks with him. You know, it's, the guys just like what they like. And, you know, if he's able to do this with uh, with borrowed equipment, you know, uh, it, it bodes well for whenever he gets his own gear with. Says feeding into that Saturday game, the Giants taking that four-goal lead after two periods. But Guilford fighting back. Is that, John, would you mm. think that was down a little bit to the Giants taking the foot off the gas? Yeah, I think it did. Um, you know, you're, you're 4-0 up. You've got a big game coming up on this Sunday. Uh, you know, you're, you're getting into the the uh, the third period with you know ultimately you're four 0 up at home this, this game should be over but uh, you, you get a five one three opportunity for for um, Guilford we, we talked about a few minutes ago that that top line of uh, of those four, five guys is, is absolute quality so you know for them to get that five one three at January wasn't surprised and then you know I think it was a four or five minutes later they got another one to put it back to four two. Uh, but we're again. It's about responding. Uh, Rudy got a goal, which um, you know, leading into the, the his fight 
against uh, Jesse Craig at the end of the second period was uh, it genuinely lifted the crowd because they'd started to play a bit better towards the end of the second. Um, so taking taking Jesse Craig off the ice for five minutes was a good move by, by Rudy as well. But four two up at, with ten minutes to go, I think it was. The game should be over. Um, I mean, obviously getting that uh, next goal for David Rutherford was, you know, that that was just the end of the game. And and I thought we re- we reacted really well and scored another couple of goals within a short space of time. Great to see Boxy getting on the score sheet. Uh, great to see him uh, even more so getting his, his gloves dropped and getting stuck in there, man, uh, for the uh, the hit on Lewisuk. I, I don't think it was a bad hit. I thought it was a good hit, but it's a 7-2 game. With a couple of minutes left, there's no need to make that hit. No, nope. do you know what? Says I was watching it back earlier there, and it actually starts in the face off. Boxy's facing off with him, and as soon as the puck, lovely win by Boxy, he two hand cross checks him, and then he slashes him, and Boxy leaves it, and then he skates around in front, and then he comes back around and he throws the, the hit on hook, and at that point, Boxy's like, right, that's enough. Okay. You know, so he started. He actually started in boxing. Boxing didn't really have the opportunity to go with him there and then. Yeah. And, uh, so he took the opportunity once he came along for a play to him. Absolutely. We talked about this last week. You know, is it a good time? We were can't remember what the score was last week when we, when we got involved in that uh, discussion about um, Coventry making a bad hit on on. Uh, it was a at that point. Yeah. Again, but but again, for me. <sighs> Pat Dwyer arguably has been our best player this year. You know, arguably. I still think, I said it in September, I still think Josh Roach is going to be the MVP. But, um, you know, Pat, Pat Dwyer has been excellent for us. And a player of that caliber and a hit like that, I don't care who you are, how many people you've got in the penalty box, what the score is, somebody's got to jump in. I added on it, 100%. Absolutely, he had got it straight away. If I was I on the ice, I'm driving him like, 100% agree with you. And see on just the, the, the kind of way I've described the Boxel one, and Boxy gets the instigator, the refereeing has to see what has started that whole incident off. And although Boxy has instigated the fight, there has to be a level of watching what has led up to that. The instigator isn't just Boxy skating 20 feet to get involved in a fight. It's just not. I just so disagree with this instigator rule and how it's refereed. I, I think it's a very, very good point. I I don't remember seeing that, David, and I didn't um, of the uh, of the face-off and the slash. I, I didn't remember seeing that, but but you know, for me, again, the instigator's a little bit It needs to, they need to look at that. Um, you know, if you're, if you're skating, well, put it this way, Mark Lewis, see exactly the same situation, he skated further than Boxy to get involved in that fight after coming off the bench uh, against Manchester for the Cardiff Devils. And there's the Dops music coming. <laughs> Keep going, man. But you know, for, for me, Mark Mark Lewis is uh, he, he he should have gotten a, a suspension. I, I always thought it was the last two minutes of play, Davey. Um For that, uh, if you jump in and you start a fight in the last two minutes of play, last I think it's the last five. Last five, is it? I yeah, thought it was pretty last sure three. it's last five. Yeah, yeah, last yeah. Five. yeah, last five. I thought I genuinely thought it was the last two, so it didn't even cross my mind about him getting suspended. Uh, and then when I went down to, to speak to Adam after the game, and he was telling me, you know, he'll be suspended. Stewie uh, could have been suspended as well, but he, he wasn't. So 
Um, but again, but that's a really good in. point, though. On on, on I think this is something that everybody's bring up the, the fact that Mark Lewis is not getting a suspension for the fight in the last couple of minutes against the Manchester Storm. It's a frustration. For that if uh, sorry, the, sorry, it's the, yeah, for Cardiff against the Storm. But it, it, there's a frustration there that if the league see that as being different circumstances because the actual wording of the DOPS was interesting from, um, I'm just trying to pull it up here, the wording of the DOPS from uh, on Boxy's thing was quite interesting because I think they referred to it as being the correct circumstances for an instigator. Now, they made no comment on the Mark Lewis thing that we just don't hear. He commits what is a, a, what is a, a punishable uh, penalty regards to Dobbs and you don't hear anything back and he doesn't get a suspension. If, in my opinion, if that is the case that they see that as being a different situation, then they have to come out and say that. Well, the firstly, Mark Lewis plays for Cardiff, so yes. um, you know he's not gonna he's not gonna get that suspension <laughs> unless somebody pushes it. He's not gonna get it. That's it. Um, but you know, with regards to Boxy, um, and I, I get Boxy a big pat in the back on Saturday night after that game. Um, he absolutely want to see his ear to your man, cut him a cracker, and he sitting there like one of them uh, cauliflowers from uh, from the rugby scrums that you get involved in. Um, but uh, you know, Boxy, I thought he was, I thought he was, I actually thought he did a really good game as well, getting yep. the goal, getting the scrap. Uh, I thought he did a brilliant match. Um, but you brought up Dobbser a second ago, Paddy. On we we had a, a gentleman in the arena on Friday night. Um, his surname is just a vaden me at the minute, but his first name was Greg. Um, he is part of the Dops panel. Because I I just thought after Lyle Sites came in last year and we haven't really had the same um sort of uh dissecting of the of the calls this year. Um that I thought it was just my kicks. That that's what I thought. Um but apparently there's five or six people in this panel. Greg is one of them. And he was at the game on Friday night as an assessor. Um, Andy Dalton and Dean Smith were the officials. And after the game, I was talking to the Smitty and, and Dalton off the I actually thought that a really good game on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Then you turn to Saturday night, um, and uh, Greg came in. I was just doing the interviews. Greg had come in and, the, and they introduced him. And, and I'm going, uh, I said, he here tomorrow? And he said, no, no, I'm heading over to Glasgow tomorrow. Um, and he's pretty, he wasn't doing the Manchester Five game. But, uh, he said over to Glasgow on the Saturday to watch that game. Um, and if he'd have been there on Saturday, it's a completely different game. And I said that the adults, you know, sure, tomorrow night's probably going to be a nightmare for you. We had nine, nine minor penalties, two fights. Uh, Blair Riley got a boost of official uh, penalty on, on Saturday night as well. And uh, obviously the instigator penalty came in for uh, for Jonathan Boxall. So, so did, so did Roche rotate in the boost of official? Roche, absolutely. And again, David, I think that. You knocked the nail on the head a few minutes ago. It's because of penalties not being called. Blatant well, actually, penalties Ruchy, not being called. Ruchy, yeah. Ruchy's deserved his 100%. Well, Smithy was very, very, very quick on the whistle there. Very, very quick. Whether they, if, if you watch, sorry for jumping in, yeah. the Josh Roach penalty was because he, he, he slapped the puck towards the wall for an offside yeah, call. Yeah, yeah. That was so close with regards. I, I didn't think it was offside. Mace didn't think it was offside. Uh, but I, I think it was Lev, Lev Anderson that called it, so I'm not going to argue with Lev. Um, but, uh, you know, if we see it and we think it's off, we actually thought our first goal on Friday night was offside. Both of us did. Um, so if, if we think it's offside, we call it. The, 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 at that moment in time, I think we were on the power play. I think we were on a power play. We um, were, yes, we, we, had, we had 
four no, seconds it just left expired. on the power play. No, four seconds left on the power play. Four seconds left, uh, yeah. Okay, but, but we're in a good position, and the pocket literally, allegedly just crossed the line, and Josh Roach has just lost the head. I, that, you, you've got a, I have no issue with that. What happened with Blair Riley 33 seconds into the second period? I have no idea. No idea what was said. But, you know, Dolph didn't hesitate to give him the penalty. But again, I just think for Dops, I don't know. I don't understand the big secret. I don't, I just don't get it. Tell us who's on the panel. You know, this this guy, Greg, allegedly um, refereed in the NHL. Tell us. Yeah. Well, he's on it. Well, you know that Lai Seitz is on it. You know it's Mike Hicks. So there's three that you definitely know is on it. But a part of their six. Okay. Todd Kelman four. <laughs> Todd Kelman five. Todd Kelman six. <laughs> he gets three votes. Anyway, <laughs> right, well, anyway. again, over the bottom line is Saturday night. Uh, far better performance. I actually thought it was a sixty-minute performance. Considering, yeah, I agree. I agree. you know, you, you've got you've got nine uh, minor penalties. You've got the the, the two fighting calls. Um, you know, you killed off a lot of time. And uh, and listen, four points against Guildford. There's not many teams are going to do that this year, um, and we did. Davy, a Gordie high for uh, for David Rutherford, and almost as we point out, the one for Jonathan Boxer. Yeah, nice for Rudy. I didn't notice that they had got the assist on on Kendo's goal, but uh, you know he beat the absolute wheels of Jesse Craig. As, as, as that's a, that's a definitely a good penalty to take as well. And it kind of lifted uh, lifted Rudy's uh, game for once he came back from that penalty. You know he, he was kind of involved in a, in a lot of things going forward. Played well on Sunday night as well. So you know what, it just sometimes takes somebody to have a little spark and you know. I, been critical over, over the last weeks, or uh, you know, I don't think he's been playing brilliant over the last lot of weeks. But you know, it really sparked him back into life. And you know, when he's going, he's a hell of a player for us. That goal that you know, um, who has a boner waits and waits just to pop it into him, and then the, the patience to the wait the Crozy was a Crozy doing that or Fullerton? Um, Fullerton, was Fullerton wasn't it? And he, he just waits and then lifts it up over Fullerton's glove and the roof and that. Really, really lovely finish. And yes, nice Gordy High hat trick. The highlights of that game are available on kingdomofthegiants.com from our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. And we move swiftly on to Sunday night, 3-3 three and three for the Belfast Giants. And they travelled over for their final visit uh, in the league competition against the Nottingham Panthers and were subject to a 3-2 over, uh, overtime defeat. Yes, it was an overtime defeat. Uh, goals, first goal came from the Belfast Giants. Campbell and fall. <laughs> on what was a lovely move between David Rutherford and Chris Higgins to find McFall and then McFall fires into the back of the net past Munson. Uh, Alex Guptill in the second period, with a bit of a bouncer, made it 1-1. The Giants took the lead again. Dustin Joner, or Dustin Joner, if you follow the commentary, and Kevin McFall uh, <laughs> made it. Uh, but Dustin Joner made it 2-1 in the third period. And uh, only three minutes later, uh, Ollie Betteridge made it 2-2. Uh, that was it for regulation time and in the overtime the Giants went against the Panthers and 2 minutes and 21 seconds into that. Brett Pellini gets a feed from Chris Stewart and finishes the game to take the two points for the Nottingham Panthers. In nets, Patrick Munson got the start for the Nottingham Panthers, 27 saves off 29 shots the other way. Tyler Beskarowani, 20 saves off 23 shots. Your referees on the night were Matt Thompson and Tom Perring. Um, where do you start with this one, Davey? Uh, for me, 
there was a big momentum change in the game when Tommy Hughes put the hit on Kendall McFall. Yeah, no, it was a, like a decent enough hit. You know, for me, you know, the the, the previous two nights, and uh, I know it's, it's you, you try not to make excuses. I think the three and three did catch up with us for the first thirty five minutes of that game. I thought we controlled it pretty well. I think you know. Over the 60 minutes, the guys have sent me the shot chart through, like 65 shots through at them in the first 60 minutes of the game. I haven't got overtime tracked yet. But, like, you know, Panthers have laid down as well, 20 block shots. You know, they've they have worked hard in defence. We take our opportunities. Maybe it's a different game in that first half hour. You know, you can you can game manage. You can manage the clock in the in the second half of the game. Unfortunately, we didn't get get that lead built up that we, we kind of, you know, we took the lead, but we didn't, we didn't push on. Uh, and take the opportunities that would definitely made, and you know, I, I don't think I, I don't think we'll look back on it as a point dropped. But at the end of the season, when they're handing out the awards, it's going to be a crucial game in the season. Says, uh, I watched the game back last night. Um, I thought that uh, I thought we actually played very well. Although yeah. in the third period, I thought we looked really tired. Yeah. Understandable. Uh, three games and three nights, and we're having a bit of banter between you two and me the other night, um, but. You know, it's banter. I, I, I stand by it. <laughs> no, I, I, I know. I, I, I said that if you give me five points, send me three more. We'll give you five points for the weekend. Would you take it? Yes, absolutely. Um, three and three. You have no idea how tough it is in the body, and you know it's 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 so energy up. And look at the night before. Nine uh, penalties were took. You know, you you look Alexa of Ken McFall, uh, Kevin Ray. By the way, how good is Kevin Ray be? In the last couple of weeks, he's been absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, whoever hands out the award, the Man of the Match awards at the SSE needs to get their. Uh, he was he was brilliant on Saturday. He should have got Man of the Match on Saturday, and Friday as well potentially. But um, the uh, something to get back to Sunday. You're playing all those minutes uh, shorthanded. It, it's it's just energy sapping. It's it's it comes down to mental uh, problems as well. Trying to. You know, just make sure that you're, every shift that you're out there, you're you're busting your ball, and you're, uh, you know, you're getting those the shifts as short as you can, um, and get back off the ice again. I thought we did incredibly well to get the overtime. I spoke to Adam um, on Monday. Um, he's blaming himself. Um, he's blaming himself for the way he, he got the matchups on on uh, on overtime. So you know that's what he does. He tries to you know he, he takes it in the chin and he moves on. And get the two points as you are, Paddy, um, and, and as I am too. But you know, we, we talk- let me let me let me just clarify what my point was there because we took the four points off Guildford and we go into Nottingham. Nottingham have just taken a three-one humping from a very poor Sheffield Steelers side, and they're coming back home against the Giants, who are pushing for a league title. And yes, I totally take it. Three and three is a hard ask, but let's be fair: this Nottingham Panthers side are pish, right? They've put Munson in goal. They've got they've they're missing Risling and they're missing Olsen, two of their their premier guys. And I thought to myself going to this game, this is for the taking. Now, yes, the three and three is probably the reason we didn't take it, but I still come out of there disappointed because I feel that that Nottingham side that hit the ice was there for the taking. I'm not disagreeing with you. I genuinely I'm not disagreeing with you. The the the, the only if we had a if that was their second game, all day long. All day long. But three and three is so, so, so tough. 
Um, you know, you're, you're again, you're, you're you're getting up early on the on the uh, Sunday morning. You're you're flying over. You're waiting at a bloody airport for an hour and a half for the flight to get over. And then that's not ideal. We, we we talk about we're not a a team of excuses, but six three and threes this year is some going. Cardiff don't have one three and three, mm. not one all they have, season. They have, they have a lot of three and fours, but no three. And three. Yes, not three and threes. Uh, they have a lot of three and fours, is right, but. They haven't got three and three at all. And, and as I say, you know, coming out lap with five points, if I think the guys will be a job this weekend, there's none more three and three for the rest of the season. That's, that's, uh, knuckle down and get ready to go because, as I say, I, I really like where this is sitting right now. Um, you know, we've got a big chance on, on Thursday to, uh, to push in for, for another, uh, final appearance in the Challenge Cup. Um, and I really like the way we're sitting right now. Davey, was Kendall McFall's opening goal one of the prettiest goals you've seen from the Belfast Giants? Yeah, two and two nights for Kendall as well, you know, with the, the other number 27 coming back to inspect him this weekend. He's taking his chance to really up his game. Really, really pretty play, you know, Rudy and um, and, and Higgy combining to, to set him up there and he finishes it really, really nicely. And that's, that's what I say, you know, if, if we could have kicked on there, if we could have got a second, if we could have got a third, then we managed the clock and was we probably see the game out. We can conserve energy. We can roll our lines. But, you know, whenever you end up in a tight game and it's two each and you're having to probably shorten your bench to try and get through the game and, and that exacerbates the tiredness, you know, and, and we just didn't quite have enough at the, end of, at the end of the game after what was a really tough three nights. Highlights of that game are available from our good friends at Nottingham. Was it Nottingham Panthers TV? And we'll link that up on a view from the bridge and on Kingdom of the Giants. Um, right, let's before we go on to the next sections, we've got a well. Obviously, you probably know the news by now, and the reason why we've been delayed in releasing the podcast till ten o'clock because. And I know this is the wrong music, but I'm going to go for it. Anyway. I've lost okay, the pen. I've lost the pen. That's <laughs> the wrong button. Uh, there you go. The Belfast Giants have been invited, given an unconditional invite to be part of next season's Champions Hockey League. And that is an invite that they have accepted. The CHL went away from the IIHF Continental Cup with Ireland having taken the trophy. But they're, uh, they're not able to take their place in the CHL due to logistical reasons of Kazakhstan teams playing in it. The CHL went to Gothenburg for their meeting and, and decided to offer that wildcard invitation to the Belfast Giants. As such, the Giants will line up in next year's Champions Hockey League. Um, from the press release as well, it states that there will be another place offered to the Elite League. It'll either go to the Champions, or should the Belfast Giants be those Champions, it'll go to the runners-up. That subsequently means that, barring an absolute massive collapse, the Cardiff Devils have been guaranteed a place in the Champions Hockey League. Before I ask the opinions of Messrs. McJimsey and Kitchen, Davey had a chance to speak about it with Steve Thornton. And we're joined now by Head of Hockey Operations, Steve Thornton, and Coach, you've uh, some pretty exciting news to announce to us. We have some very exciting news, yeah. We're going to be taking part in the Champions Hockey League next season. And uh, just just give us a, a bit of the lowdown. Obviously, Ireland winning the Continental Cup would have been the, the, their first choice. Unfortunately for them, you know, logistically, it's, it's just a nightmare for for everyone involved. And, and the Giants have have came in with coming so close in the Continental Cup. They were the kind of 
the obvious choice for that wild card spot? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, like they, there was a wild card spot, and we hosted a couple of the guys from the Champions League here um, during the Continental Cup final. They got to see the city, the arena, how we run things. Um, I think the operations of our game night, the atmosphere, the fans. And I think when you added everything together, I think we were the best, the best option um, for them. Uh, it's a, I think that our fans are completely bought into the European hockey, uh, just with the way that the Continental Cup went this year and the numbers that we had to the door. And I think that's what they're trying to do: use this tournament as a showcase for European hockey. And they feel that that they will have some similar fan bases coming to our arena. And it's certainly it's a great thing for us. You know, we we. When you, when you go to a, a penalty shootout for a trophy, it really is like rolling the dice. So it could have gone either way. It was devastating when, you know, we didn't, we didn't come through with the, uh, the win of the Continental Cup. But this is, um, this is a nice little touch that we can uh, hang our hats on for Belfast. This obviously throws up all sorts of logistical things. Um, for, we're talking about the logistical nightmare for Arlan and their fans and, and that kind of thing. But as as far as the Belfast Giants, you know, the season will start earlier. We'll probably have to recruit more players. Do you see these as as positive challenges or just you know what, how do you view it yourselves? I think all challenges are positive. You know, we're gonna we're gonna tackle them and try to put the best team on the ice and give ourselves the best chance to win. I think. I think the way that the Champions League has worked um, is is because of some of the changes that they've made. You know, like they are starting a little bit later. Uh, when you do go on the road, you can sometimes get two games in. You know, we'll host ideally two games here over the course of a weekend if we can if we can get a weekend. Um, uh, it's the beginning of the season, but it, it, it's it's not as early as it as it used to be. So you know, we're starting to bring guys in earlier and earlier anyways you know like that's kind of the way that the, the league is going like there's games that are starting in mid-august like for preseason, and and you know teams are starting to bring in guys beginning of august you know for us to to be ready to bring in guys like we have to take apartments and cars from the beginning of august anyways like we're not going to dip into july uh, but we we encourage guys to get here um from the beginning of august we normally take ice from the beginning of beginning of august uh and I think that that will give guys enough time to 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 be ready for for these types of games. Unfortunately, it's going to be at a much quicker pace than the regular preseason games. But you know, there's not it's not a bad thing being thrown right into the fire either. Like I think that you know it sets the season off in a in a positive way. You're playing against some really good competition, and that could that could be that could be a, a good impact on the Challenge Cup and the league games that would follow. Yeah, well, let's address that. If you want to call it negativity, and I know personally, you know, I've been not outspoken about the Champions Hockey League over the last number of seasons, and it's not so much even if you can't win it, why enter? But it's more a case of, yeah, well, to put it like that, um, how do I want to phrase this question? As an organisation, we won't win the Champions Hockey League. That's, that's, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, can we look on this as, more of more than just a good preseason. This gives us the opportunity, perhaps, to recruit from a different pool of players than we'd be able to, you know, normally. I think so. I think I think we go into every game with the mind of winning. You know, like the, yeah, of course, there's going to be teams with much much bigger budgets than we have. But you know, I think Nottingham a couple of years ago um, was a prime example of what 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 can happen, and it was very close when they got to that. The group stages or the um, the head-to-head stages after the group stages, like the, the games were were extremely tight. 
Um, but yeah, like I think that this is, it's good profile for the organization. It's great for hockey uh, in the UK. Uh, it's a good recruiting tool for us. Um, we're going to, we're going to get a chance to play against some high end competition. Um, you know, we, we, we found like the residual effects or like the things that happen as a result of the friendship for, um, it, 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 it enhances our recruitment. You know, people come here, great players are going to play and see Belfast as a city. And then the small hockey community, um, whether or not one of those players ends up here, who knows, but it could be one of the, their friends uses the players that were here as a reference and it, it gives us an edge over another team. And those small differences make a, a huge difference at the end of the season. It, it really is becoming a league of 1%. You know, every team is, is very, very good. And, and you could, you know, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. So, you know, we would look to use this to our advantage. We're going to, every game that we, we play, we're going to, we're going to play to win. And if we can recruit a better team as a result, and then start a little bit stronger than, than we did this year. I think that's a benefit as well. How important has the last sort of, you know, four or five years, even go back as far as hosting the Bruins in 2010, you know, the friendship for, you know, going strong. There's there's Northeastern are going to come this season as defending Beanpot champions, hoping they add the Bellpot to it, you know, hosting World Championship rounds, hosting, you know, Continental Cup twice this season, showcasing Belfast and showcasing the arena. And by all accounts, the CHL guys absolutely loved the, the setup. They did. I think. I think you know we keep getting better at, uh, at at running these events. We've got a great ops team um, that 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 hosts people, and the arena is fantastic for it. Our fans are are very very welcoming. As is the city. It's one of the things. One of the comments that we get from every team and every tournament we play how great the city is and how friendly the people are. So I, I think that certainly works in our favor. But it, it just showcases that hockey is becoming a mainstream sport here. You know, we're you know from the Bruins to the World Championships to four Friendship Fours, the Friendship Series to two Continental Cups, now to the CHL. You know, hockey's growing. Um, you know, what we need to do is is get it to a point where we can use ice and turn this into a participation sport as well instead of just a spectator sport because we are limited with the number of rinks in the island of Ireland. And, and I think that's ultimately a goal like when you keep doing these events and putting a profile in the city and 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 creating this type of excitement and ultimately i'd hope you know in two years time five years time ten years time whatever it is like a rink will come out of this and then we can start growing the, the youth program here and then have it would be easier to have organic growth with local players and i think that's the the you know the ultimate goal for us we can't have the head of hockey operations on without touching on a few things to do with our own club here. And obviously, this is a big week coming up. Of course, Challenge Cup sec- second leg of the semi-final. First of all, our, you know, our, our primary focus before we we go back in the league action at the weekend. You know, it'd be very nice to get back in that showpiece game to, to defend the trophy. It would be, yeah. I think once you taste success, you know, and, and winning, which we had last year. I think you want it again and again and again. I think that's why we try to recruit players that have won in the past. So I've got a lot of a lot of guys on the team, or good core guys on the team, anyways, that have won it. They know what it feels like, uh, and I and I, I know they want that back. Like a trophy in the UK um, can determine whether or not it was a successful season or not. And th- for me, this team is too good to to be runner up. And, and you know, like the Continental Cup was like at our fingertips, and 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 then we felt. We felt that defeat and it hurt guys and it probably carried over not just to the Cardiff weekend. I think it carried over for a couple of weeks because you know, we didn't play great on some of the other games, found a way to win. And I think that's a sign of a good team. Um, but it, it kind of took the wind out of our sails. You know, we, we, we went down to, I think, an 11 point deficit on Cardiff and now we've clawed it back to a single point. So 
Um, the Challenge Cup is is obviously priority number one. Uh, we want to taste that again, and, and at the same time, like we haven't taken our eyes off the prize of the, the league trophy. And of course, flying in back to his, his spiritual home on on Friday morning, his number hangs at the at the bridge end of the arena. Paxton Schulte, an old teammate of yours, coming back in to be reunited with a current number twenty seven, who's back to back goals this weekend, must be pleasing for you as well. Yeah, I love the goal streaks. Yeah, <laughs> Paxton Schultz, like when I came here, he, I actually sat next to him in the locker room and he he, uh, he certainly made it entertaining, entertaining for me. He, he As he did with probably everybody in the building, um, a, a real legend, you know, the, the, the fans that were lucky enough to see him, um, what is it, 10, 10 years ago now? How many years ago? <laughs> I'm losing track. Oh, it's but, 2004, uh, yeah, when he finished my goodness 15 years ago the, the fans that were lucky enough to see him like they they, they really were treated to something special because he, he was that that type of player that could drop people out of their seats um you know and i think at the same time he was he was very endearing um to the people of northern ireland like he embraced it here and and um he truly is a legend and uh let's <laughs> segue into another legend there last week you know colin shields becoming the all-time Tops point scorer in the elite league, quite a feat, and, and someone who's been in Belfast for for a long time now as well. Yeah, it was great for Colin. He, he's he's worked hard to keep himself in in fantastic shape. You wouldn't know um, that he's in the in the late thirties. Um, so for him, I, I think it was only a matter of time. He, he skates so well, his release is so good. Uh, he's been such an important player to to the Giants for like a long, long time now. He's he's been a big part of the uh, trophies that we won, um, and he's certainly a big part of our present. And he's going to be someone that usually, you know, hopefully go on to GB this year as well with the World Championship. But Keeper being a being an assistant coach there, you know, it's no secret. You know, our our Brit guys, some of them are getting older, and we will have to replace just the way this league is built up with imports and, and British slots. You'd be looking around, scarring that. Uh, that world championship team for it to perhaps bring people in here next year as well. I think so. I think we're always looking, you know, we're certainly happy with the ones we brought in this year. They're, they're providing a nice element to us of depth. And I think they're, 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 they're you know, the hooking Swindy and boxy, like their skating and their energy has been, been very good. But like, uh, Colin is, is he's got that, um, He's got that ability. If the puck's on his stick, and, and well, it doesn't have to be in front of the net, like within the top of the circles, he's got a good chance of scoring. And there's not a lot of people that have that, you know, he's just got that knack and, and he, the season started tough with him for, you know, for him with that injury. Like it was, it really was a scary injury. I think physically and mentally when you get a stick in the eye like that, I've, it's happened to me. It was certainly not as bad as, as Colin. So it was really nice to see him come back and, and get that first goal. And now I thought, it, I thought he's, it, it, that actually helped with the confidence in his game. So for us, you know, he's a guy that scored 30, 30 plus goals, I think last season, you know, for this stretch drive, when depth is so important, your special teams are so important. He's a guy we need to get going, and I think that the signs are there. He's um, he's going to be an important player for us, uh, pushing into the playoffs and, and challenge cup. And then just one last sort of question for you, go coach. You're obviously so deeply have been in the years that you were coaching at the club, and now as head of operations alongside Kiefer, so involved in, in the recruitment of players. Give us a, a quick word for Josh Roots. You could not have expected this guy to come into his first year pro and what are we, first week, second week in, in February, 60-something points. Yeah, like we recruited him originally as a forward. So we, we, I, I, I was able to get my hands on three tape, three college tapes uh, of Josh and I watched 
the three different games. And he, in one game, he played, he played wing and another game, he played center and the other game, he played D. So we, and, and quarterback power play in, in every game, uh, which is something that we, we felt we needed. So it was very evident that he was a powerful and strong skater. Um, you can see that he had skill. It's, it, it's hard to know, um, you know, the, the U sports quality, but the fact that we've been able to bring Manitoba over for two straight years and they've given us a, a really good games both seasons, um, I think, I, I think opened our eyes. So, you know, we felt that the time was right, that, that we wanted to get a little bit younger, get fresher legs. We knew that we were facing upwards of 80 games this year and, you know, we wanted to get some hungry, hung, hungry guys, um, he's turned into a legitimate top pairing D man after playing a full year for it. So that was the one thing that we didn't expect. Um, the references in terms of personality, character, work ethic, conditioning were completely off the chart. So that wasn't a surprise. So uh, it would be nice to have a lot of signings like that. I think um, he certainly ex- exceeded expectations, but like we did the due diligence on him, uh, but he's transitioned fantastically well to pro hockey, certainly considering he's played, probably twice as many games as he played last year, probably the last five years, you know, like in, in the esports, I think it's 30, 30, 35 games, and he's going to be upwards of, like I said, 80. And, and Coach, just uh, first of all, obviously, thank you for your time coming on and viewing the Breds as always. And, and closing out, expectations for the next two months? No, I, uh, I mean, uh, it was hopes, nice to hopes see... Hopes then, rather than expectations. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, you know, we, 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 the expectations we have is, are, is success. You know, like the, the team, the team is built to win. Um, that's the way we kind of do it at the beginning of the season. We try to map out what it's going to take in terms of the DNA and, and the players to, to bring home silverware. There's so many variables and factors in that, you know, whether you're, gonna, whether you're healthy, whether you're able to, to create that chemistry, uh, whether your special teams are good, whether you get the gold pending. Uh, so we feel we've put ourselves in a position to compete and to compete at the top level uh, in the league. So uh, I, I like the trend that the guys are on right now. I thought they played better over the weekend. I thought the game again, the second game against Guilford was one of the most complete games, one of the best games I've seen us play in a long time. And it got us out of the rut of the, I think the Continental Cup letdown. So I'm, I'm hoping and, you know, obviously expecting that, that we have some, some success and it starts on Thursday. Thanks very much to Steve Thornton. Right, this is a little bit of a, not a controversial topic, but we do have our opinions on this and we've voiced them many times. However, let's take it from this point of view, Davey, for a start. Um, it's a pat on the back for the Belfast Giants organization. Oh, 100%. You know, the, the, um, the organization and the team that, um, got themselves so close in the Continental Cup. You know, the press release says, quite rightly one penalty shot split these two teams so you know as far as whether the Belfast Giants could be competitive in the Champions Hockey League in place of Ireland well they've already proven that that's the case you know it's it's not a case of we're worried about your competitiveness um it was purely the logistics Ireland couldn't enter so it, it made sense they offered they've been to Belfast they've seen our arena they see how we operate they know that Champions Hockey League nights will be good nights in Belfast because we can put on a good show. And I suppose to answer your question, yeah, we've ticked all the boxes as as far as being able hosts. Simon? Yeah, I mean, again, we'll we, we look back at the, the Continental uh, campaign this year for us. Uh, and we look back at the conversation we had uh, in AVFTV Live at McCool's that night. And I said back then that, you know, my preference would be getting into the... Uh, uh, Continental Cup again. If we had won the Continental Cup this year, um, I thought that 
it'd be really nice to try and retain the trophy if you had won it in Belfast. But you know, when you get an opportunity like the CHL coming to you and and literally saying to you, we we love the way you put this together. We think you hosted a fantastic tournament, uh, not once but twice for the C or sorry for the Continental Cup this this season. Um, I don't think there's many teams or many organisations in the in Europe that would get that invitation. Um, so massive kudos to, to everybody involved, from James Glover to Brooksy to Steve Thornton, uh, obviously Robert Fitzpatrick. I think it's fantastic. Um, and uh, also looking forward to a couple of European trips next year. Quite interesting, like on the back of that, I know uh, the back of that, um, a view from the bridge live and the comments from Robert Fitzpatrick, which were taken one way by a lot of people who got a bit grumpy about it all. It's sort of been thrown back into the fact that here we are, we're going into the Champions Hockey League, Davy, and how competitive we are or we're not. You know, I, I, I tend to agree with both you, gents. I know we had this conversation about how, you know, we would be much more competitive in the Continental Cup, but to be given an unconditional pass to, to go into the, the Champions Hockey League, give, considering that we turned it down the last time we had the offer, is it's not really something we can pass up. No, I don't think as an organisation you can. Look, I'm not going to be hypocritical here and, and think and change my mind. It's brilliant that we're in it. I've always been, you know, I, I feel that our level of compete is Continental Cup, which I, I think would prove we can complete, compete right to the, the final stages of it. The Panthers have and it's been well in, in the last number of years. In the Champions Hockey League since we started, yes, there have been highlights from from some of the teams you know there have been games won but you know qualifications the later stages has been very very few and far between and, and beyond that has is too much of a stretch when you're you're competing against teams with millions of pounds of, of budgets yeah you know we will we will aim to be competitive on every given night we will aim as an organization to try and win every game we enter and my my view on it may as we build a team and we build a roster, things will have to be done very differently. You know, as an organisation, this summer we will have to recruit. The guys will have to be in slightly early again because the games will be at the tail end of August, start of September. Um, we will have to have some form of pre-season before that. I would assume we're not going to use Champions Hockey League as our pure pre-season. Although, to me, you know, I've said this in the podcast before, it's glorified to to our organisations and in, in, in the elite league. Um, yes, away European trips will be lovely. It'll be great to see some some great arenas around the place. Maybe go to Sweden, go to Germany, wherever. But you know, <laughs> the fan in me wants to be able to win the trophies we enter, and I don't believe yet that elite league teams are anywhere near the budget or standard that can win the Champions Hockey League. I, I'd be a bit like Simon. Had we won the Continental Cup, I would have wanted to defend that trophy. Um, but I think it's a feather in the cap of the organisation, and uh, that we've we've got the opportunity to go into the Champions Hockey League. So you know, as far as anything goes, you know, when you're in it, you support to the best of your ability, and you're a fan of the club, and you want us to win every game. So as far as it goes, in us entering it, I will throw myself behind the team in every vocal way I can. But it is what it is. You've asked me my opinion on whether we should be entering, and I think I've answered that. What do you think, Paddy? I'm I'm the same as you guys. I think that the Continental Cup is our level. It's the elite league level. It is a trophy that is up for grabs for any elite league team. Now, in saying that, we did turn down the Champions Hockey League once. 
I don't think we if I don't think we could turn it down again. If we turned it down again, considering you've had the Cardiff Devils, the Brayhead clan, Nottingham Panthers, all compete Sheffield Steelers as well, all competing at the Champions Hockey League level, regardless of whether they believe that they were competitive or not, the fact that they went for it for us to have be offered it and should we have turned it down again, quite frankly, I think we would have been a laughing stock. That I think that's a fact. So therefore, I've no qualms the fact that we've accepted this invitation. I think it's fantastic that we were done it, and it doesn't surprise me. We've hosted the WIHF Continental Cup two rounds of it recently. We've we've had the the World Championships. We've the NCAA Friendship Four. We've both the, the men's and the women's. We've we've had um, the Boston Bruins come to the the SSE or the Odyssey Arena as it was then. We've shown that we can pack that arena and put on a show. And no doubt the guys at the CHL saw that also. Uh, so r- what would they rather have? Would they rather have given this this wild card to a DEL team, a Latvian team, a Swedish team, a Swiss team? All you know, all very ready to play. You, you see some of the big teams, especially in Germany and the likes of Iceberg Berlin, struggling this season. Will they get that place in the CHL? We don't know. It could have been very easy for them to turn the Iceberg and say, or turn to the DEL and say, "Well, listen, we've got a wild card spot here. It's yours. Doesn't matter. It's yours. Whoever comes fifth, it's you, they're going straight in." You know, it could have been very easy for them to do it. They didn't do that. They've come back to the Belfast Giants and they've said, "Boys, you came so close." It can't go to Ireland and a sort of a an FA Cup fashion. You know the the, the winners can't go in, so the runners up take it. So congratulations to the Belfast Giants. There are some really good teams in that CHL, which and really good away trips and some very difficult ones as well, which I don't know whether I'm I'm really looking forward to or not. But uh, it says pick one team. Who would you like the Giants to face? Um. I'd love that, and this is the main reason of this. You you keep on talking about the atmosphere in, uh, in the DEL and mm. the way they get the, the standing behind the, the goals and what have you. And I'd love them to get a DEL team and go over to, to Germany. Plus, the German beer is great. <laughs> David? Gotta be Hamburg, isn't it? You know, my German team. <laughs> uh, I knew that. Do you know what? I should have known that was coming as well. Yeah. Keep your German to yourself. The um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I th- I'm with you, boys. You know my love for German hockey. I'd love to see us face a German team. Um, see how competitive we are now. You know, in the, in the ISL era, we did you know, we defeated Davos, we defeated Iceberg Berlin in the um, in the Ice Cup. See how competitive we are now. I can, as, you know, a lot of these German, a lot of these uh, continental European teams. Um, Take it just as a bit of a preseason. They don't really fill their rinks. Do, do they take it seriously? I don't know. But I'd like to see how competitive we are against them. And we've got the opportunity now, and um, we're not going to turn it down. So, looking forward to that. Congratulations to the Belfast Giants. Time for the final agenda. Brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. Very special one ahead of his testimonial next week. We're joined by a man who, as we said on Twitter, is two elite league championships and played for the Glasgow Eagles. Mr. Stephen Murphy, how are you? Not bad. I'm good, good. Um, who are these Glasgow Eagles? <laughs> well, listen, it says I'm just going by your um, going by your uh, elite prospects page. <laughs> who actually is? I'm not actually sure who they are. You, know, well, you, you may take it up with elite uh, prospects. Apparently you played uh, for the Glasgow uh, Eagles. 
there was a, yeah, there's a few Glasgow junior teams in there. I don't think any of them were called the Eagles. <laughs> who, who updated? Who updated your uh, league page? Dicko. Uh, probably Dicko. Yeah. Well, let, full disclosure here, um, we, we spoke to Dicko, or sorry, the lads spoke to Dicko last week, and it sounded like you were a husband and wife, but it sounds like you're here, you're there, you're both there together again. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen what we're doing the day after? <laughs> it probably wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have looked too well if you'd listened to the podcast, but yeah, we're, we're, uh, we've we're been there. <laughs> you all right, you all right, Dicko? Remember, remember you tucked up in bed together or something? No, we're in some shop looking at something. And, uh, Still doing it. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not really coming down well there, boys. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he remembers yeah. now. <laughs> You're looking for something extra small, aren't you? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, oh, we're having a good time. Uh, we have for a while now, so... <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know where to go with that. What I'm going to do is just going to ask you an opening question here, Murph. How is the preparations going for the testimonial? It's good. It's, get, it's, uh, it's getting there. It's not long now. Um, just doing all the finishing touches there for the dinner night on Monday. Um, so that's all in place pretty much now. And then the big game afterwards. So, yeah, it's, it's gone well so far. I'm, uh, I've been pleased with everything, the way it's gone. And um uh, looking forward to the the couple of nights coming up. It should be fun. Murph, um, obviously, you know, 10 years in Belfast um, and you've had your, your mate Dicko beside you there. Dicko was, was trying to think of a few stories last week, um, but you've got to tell us about the one, um, how Mark Garside got his nickname Gary. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, this was, I think this is Dicko's first year and he was, uh, he was, Pretty hard to understand for us Scots, anyway. Um, <laughs> probably yourself is <laughs> included. Um, but yeah, so I, I especially had a, a tough time list, like understanding him on the phone. So I was on the I was on the phone to him, and Garth was in in the house with me as well, and we so I was chatting away to him, and I couldn't I couldn't catch a word he was saying. So I put him on speaker, and I was like, "Gosh, Garth, listen, listen to this. See what you see what you think of this. See what you make of this." And Nicko's talking away and we couldn't understand a word he said. We both burst out laughing. He obviously starts cracking up. He's like, is that that bloody Gar- Gary guy there? <laughs> and ever since then, that's his nickname is stuck from Gary Garside. <laughs> Murph, um, another one from back in the day. You know, if anybody sees any pictures of you, your Manchester days or before, famous for wearing the old Jaffa helmet, and uh, Todd Kelman, rightly or wrongly, tells a story that whenever you first came to Belfast, he said, "No, that's got to go." Is that a true or a false story? Uh, I think I think there's some truth in it. Yeah, they they definitely. I think him both both him and Thorns both said that. Uh, I think they both jokingly, half jokingly, half truth in it. They said it had to get a new helmet, <laughs> but actually, it just it just kind of. Happened actually. I was I was planning on getting a new helmet at the same time, so it kind of it kind of worked out for the story. You know, it made it look like that was part of the deal, but in in a way, it kind of was. So yeah, but I do I do miss the old Jofa. I hear it might be um, making a comeback. Is there any truth in this? Uh, there might be some rumor in that actually. There might be some truth in that rumor. There might be a, an appearance on the testimonial. Um, Why the preference? They're, they're just. They're just so much comfier, and um, 
Can you see better? You can see better. They're just yeah, they're just they're just easier to wear. But I mean, they're. <laughs> I mean, I took a puck when I played. Uh, I took a puck right off the helmet when I played in first. I think it was maybe first or second season in five, and it cut my head right open. And um, so it didn't stop me from wearing it. For <laughs> I still wore it for another ten years or something. But it kind of shows that they're not really as tough and built for you know modern day hockey nowadays anyway that's for sure how set in how set in your ways do you get when it comes to goalie equipment like you're talking about the joffa helmet but like with pads and stuff obviously the equipment's changed over the years is it difficult to adapt uh i mean i i, I personally don't really like new gear myself so it's it, it can be it's a bit it can be a bit cumbersome when you get new stuff but um pills are joke yeah, <laughs> you you're probably wearing a dicko. Things will hurt me. It's not far off. I, I had I actually got that in Fife. Um, I used to wear I used to wear a players' cup in Fife, and uh, they were like, "No, you're not wearing that." So they got me a goalie cup, and it stuck stuck with me uh, through thick and thin now. And uh, but yeah, most of the most of my gear, all all apart from my job. Thanks, Dicko. Is uh, is all new and it's is sort of it's kind of all the sort of modern goalie equipment and yeah, I quite like it actually now. Question here Dicko. from sorry, no, I was gonna say question here from Patrick Walsh, uh, the TFA. After hearing Dicko's stories about being under your wing, uh, have you any funny stories from your point of view about Dicko? <laughs> well, I think Dicko's man tell you. you can tell he's sitting beside you. Don't think he wanted to tell us last week. He didn't want to throw. Dicko. I didn't hear that. I'm just saying there, uh, you didn't want to throw him under the bus last week. So, uh, because you're both using the same room, you've got to give us some dirt, like. I don't know. You kind of put us on the spot there. Um, I don't know. We've we've definitely we got Carson Schubach's room one time pretty good. <laughs> I quite like that. It's hard to do it because you, you always end up throwing someone under the bus. Um, yeah, go ahead. Carson Trubeck plays for Sheffield. Let's like, carry on. <laughs> he wasn't happy. Playoffs. <laughs> I'll tell you one about Bursch. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you a good one about Rid. It was, uh, I can't remember. It wasn't like, with, I, it maybe it happened twice, but it was like, you know that third and fourth place game that they make you play at the playoffs, which is an absolute farce of a thing. So like nobody, nobody wants to play it. So I end up playing. And, uh, I remember I was, I'm, I'm going to my room at like 12 because I have to play and I don't get to play all that much. So, and uh, then at like, I don't know, three in the morning, he broke in with who? Cody Brookwell? Yeah, yeah Cody Brookwell. Both of them like sauced. And he's like, Thorch told me to warm you up. And he's like throwing stuff at me. And then he just grabbed the fire extinguisher and done like the whole roof. It was like leaking like fire extinguisher on me all night. <laughs> like sleeping on the wooden bed. But uh, that's, I, he that's, got he got the one the next day though, so I got I got him ready, got him ready to go. Yeah, you, you was, Dicko was talking last week about the uh, um, back in the day, as he said, you know, when he, he needed he needed new sticks, um, and you <laughs> sort of blackmailed him into giving him new sticks. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, that was classic. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I, I feel bad for poor Gordy thinking back. But like Gord, Gordy Cameron, he's such a legend, and he 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 done so many school visits, and he's so he's so good at them. And I could just imagine him, this guy turning up, not even part of the team at the point. Really, he was kind of no just hanging around. 
<laughs> but just this guy came to practice, hang around long enough, but he got part of the team. <laughs> That's how you do it. And uh, yeah, he turned up for school. But, uh, Murph, is there, is there one game that's, I mean, obviously you've, you've give you the stats, I'm sure. Um, played over 400, you faced over 10,000 shots. Uh, is there one game that sticks out in your mind? Uh, there's, uh, I mean, there's, there's a few probably that's, I don't know if there's one in particular. I mean, there's, there's a few highlights that when you, when you win the playoffs, uh, the first year, that, that, that'll, that'll, that'll always stick with me. It was such a fun, a fun way to end the season. And, and for some reason as well, I think going into both games, I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to a shootout. Uh, the semi-final went to shootout, and the final went to shootout. And I kind of, I just had a feeling that that's the way it was going to go. And we were lucky enough to come out on top of it. And I think when you win in that manner as well, it's it's going to stick with you for a long time. I think if we're looking back, Simon's asking you for games that are just as a fan. The the semi-final, if anything, even more than the final. Was was one of my highlight games with that week. Weser comes up big in the penalty shootout with the goals. You've obviously came up with the saves. Me and Paddy going into the Sunday were like, "This is this is a done deal, lads." With you know, and despite it going and, and needing Chevy to come up with the big goal, you know that whole weekend. The save from right, right through your Giants career, as Simon has said, there you know, four hundred twenty-seven games. Now you know you can narrow it down to like a handful of a. All the mundane games that you go through, and yes, you've got to go through the wins and through all the processes. But you know, there's ten, twenty games there that were championship games. The, you know, the the, the wins at the at the the playoffs, the the leagues, the the, the goalie, British goalie will never win the league. Managed to to put that to bed a, a good few times. You know, same says I have the numbers in front of me here, Murph, and you know the longevity of four hundred twenty-seven games. When you look at the guys at the top of the Giants list, Martin Clampa, Ram back. Gart Zemlak, Mike Menard, Mike Bales. You know, your numbers are comparable with all those guys and you've played 10 games for every single game they played. You know, you, you must be proud of your longevity as, as much as as anything. Yeah, 100%. I think, like you say, that, that those games will definitely stick with me. But I think just the my time spent in Belfast and as a Belfast giant is definitely the one thing that's going to last with me. And, you know, I, I really didn't expect that when I first came here. I wasn't really, I, I, I didn't really look past that first season. And, you know, as each season went past um, and I was racking up more games, obviously, and we were pretty successful over the, over that time as well. And it just that, that accumulation of the wins and just, just having my time here, it was, that was sort of pride was building and building and, and I obviously felt more and more a part of the the, the community here as well, and just the the whole the whole team spirit around you know the the Giants and just the, the name that they have around the city as well. I just felt a part of that more and more each year, and I think that's what kind of kept me coming back every year more than you know those standout wins or standout games or you know those standout moments. You had that time in Manchester and you made the switch to Belfast. It was Norway before that and then in Manchester. But why that switch to the Giants? What what was the catalyst for that switch? Because obviously you were you were in the face coming up against the Giants in, in pretty big games. Well, I mean, to play for the Giants, you know, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a big step, you know, and it was, you know, they're always one of the top teams in the league no matter what. What time? What time of year it is? It's just one of the top organisations. So you know, when the opportunity 
came around and it was it was something that could have been an option. I was I was you know I was jumping at it definitely. I was 100 keen coming. Um, and also uh, you know Colin Shields being here as well. We have the being my cousin that was that was a pretty big uh, draw as well. You know playing with him. I hadn't played with him since we were. I don't know, under 12s maybe, playing in the, <laughs> the Glasgow Eagles, whoever they are. Who are, and, uh, are these prospects, man, taking it with them? <laughs> yeah. no, Glasgow, Glasgow Dynamos. Glasgow Dynamos, yeah, that's it as well, yeah. So that was, it was, that was a big draw as well. I mean, that was nice to come back and play with family and, and we'd be re- reunited after so long. Murph, you, you've got the testimonial next week. Um, you know, Davies touched on all those uh, the stats and, and and where you are right now with regards to, to being in Belfast for so long. Um, teammates, I know you've talked about Colin Shields, and obviously you've got your uh, you've got your wee mate Dicko there beside you as well. Who's been your favourite teammates down the line? Forget about this year's team, because you know you don't want to put any of those on the spots, but is there anybody stands out from the last nine years before that? Uh, there's a bunch. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many. I think a lot of them actually come from... Maybe back around in that first first couple of years, we just we just seem to have so much fun, um, and and there, there's been teams in the past, and you know after that and since that that we've had so much fun. But those memories from early on just seem to stand out, and guys like Tim Cook and um, Pat Bateman and having Kevin Phillips about and and Davy Phillips, those guys you know all stand out, and and Brandon Benedict as well. I mean, he's definitely a standout character that's been around for a long time as well. And he was there that first year. And we just seemed to have so much fun together and those memories of stand out. And, you know, on the ice was good, but off the ice was just as much fun as well. Tuesday night, obviously, Monday the dinner and then Tuesday the testimonial. Murph, you must be looking forward to getting some of those old teammates back in the locker room and to relive the, to, to relive, relive the glory days. Yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be nice to see guys like Sauce and Chevy and stuff that, and and have them back on the ice and just and the guys like Nicker as well. Like all those guys, are, they're they're so keen to come and there, there's so many more that are that were so keen to come and they, they all loved it here in Belfast. So they're all looking forward to it just as much as I am. So that's what's nice about it is that you know they're they're, they're coming back obviously to to come and celebrate with me, but they're they're also keen to come back and, and enjoy it themselves as well and see it one more time and be a part of it one more time. So I'm looking forward to that side of it as well, where the, those guys can enjoy their night as well. Um, can, can there's you so many other guys that I, you know, I wanted to invite, and it was just unfortunate that you know it's just not possible to invite every single guy that you want to play with and that you have played with, which is a shame. Can you guys put your finger on, obviously, the women that's got something to do with it here, but why Belfast more than... Possibly any other city around the UK in terms of hockey manages to retain. You know, guys come here to play hockey and end up turning it into, you know, their life becomes here. Shades, you, Gary, Dickles, you know, ball of money there, man, won't move away. And, uh, you know, the mall, Benny stayed for a long time. Johnny Thorts is here full time now. You know, it's. it's I think you called it already. I think that there's one common denominator, and it's the women. I think they, <laughs> I think they are with Belfast. I think the bars get you in, and then the women stay keep you keep you here. Taking your wife's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Hopefully not. 
Let's take a couple of more uh, Twitter questions. That's what we got. Gareth Little, did you get a congratulations card from Dave Sims after he won the league? Uh, it must have got lost in the post, I'm sure. That's not a surprise. Uh, 40, um, how the hell has Murph and the rest of the Scots on the team, for that matter, managed to keep their Scottish accent? I've been here for over 11 years, and mine is just completely f- Dico's looking at me he thinks he's got a better Scottish accent than I do well, you don't sound Scottish Shedsy sounds like a camp American Gorsheim <laughs> <laughs> And my ma, my ma sent me a text. Message, there's some American guy at the door looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. Funny when uh, when Shed's used to to go. Obviously, he went away quite early. Played in Canada and America and stuff like that. But when he came back, and we used to hang out in the summers in Glasgow, he, his accent would definitely come back for those summers. Um, but yes, I, I, myself as well. Just traveling around and being around hockey teams with, that are full of. North Americans or you know Europeans, your accent kind of does get a bit diluted, really. And I wouldn't really say I have the strongest Scottish accent myself. Deco, let's hear your Scottish accent. Well, I don't have one. People just think he's, I sound Scottish anyway. He's a wannabe Scot. I did, uh, I did have a dream once. This would give me a lot of grief about that. <laughs> no, if I go there long enough, I do come back and I think I'm Scottish. But long enough as in a weekend. Mark Jameson, do you have an all-time favourite save or has there been a time you've saved the puck and thought to yourself, you should never have got to that? <laughs> Every save, probably. <laughs> uh, no, not one standout save that I think of. I mean... Sometimes, to be honest, there's there's saves that probably go unrecognised that I maybe feel better about just personally, to be honest. And there's ones that ones that look dramatic, and uh, I'll maybe think back and and think, oh, it was maybe uh, maybe it was uh, it looked a lot better because maybe I was out of position in the first place. So I'll maybe think that, that yeah, it was a great save, but I'll maybe be slightly disappointed for something that happened just prior to it. So. Sometimes the the ones that don't look as spectacular are the ones that you, you're most pleased with. Uh, last one from Twitter, Thomas Brownlee. Guinness or Bailey's? Guinness. Okay, pretty straightforward. Says Murph, we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, big highlights you've had was playing against the Bruins. Um, and Darren Gilpin came up with some brilliant photographs um, a couple of weeks ago, and I'll give you the, the wee memory stick for them twice. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at those photographs and, and obviously you, you, you played against guys like Berger, uh, uh, Patrice Bergeron and uh, Brad Marchand, um, the big man, Zidane O'Chara. What was that like? Obviously playing, you started the game, um, you were the Belfast Giants goalie, you started that game and, uh, again, it's an NHL team coming into Belfast. That must've been something else. Yeah, that's that's definitely a highlight that will stand out for sure. My time in Belfast, um, just in in general time in in my career in general, um, I was it was such an experience, and it was um, I think I told you before that the build up to it, I was I was pretty excited, like everyone was around that was involved in it. They were 
playing against the Belfast Giants and uh, the morning of the game, we, I went and walked into the arena for a pre-game skate and uh, Boston Bruins were on the ice and I could just see Chara out there. He's just towering over everyone and I just thought, what are we doing? What? <laughs> this is not a good idea. <laughs> we're in one here and uh, I, I would never been as nervous before a game. I think I had the worst skate, pre-game skate ever. Um, that day I was so nervous and the rest of the day I was pretty nervous as well and then kind of just got it together as I got when I got to the rink and kind of just you know you stick to your normal routine or whatever and it kind of felt like a normal a normal big game day and uh, thankfully got through it and uh, we, we put up a pretty good performance in the end as well and you, you talk, oh sorry go ahead. Says, no go you ahead. were right David you go ahead I was going to say, Murphy, we, we, we looked at numbers earlier. 20-odd games for the Giants. Could have been so many more if it hadn't been for some, let's call, strange injuries keeping you out of the game. You know, Dicko talked about one last week, terrible incident with an apple. Um, <laughs> you know, two touch injuries. And, and I remember, I definitely remember one summer, there was a, definitely like a badminton injury or something kept you out for a while. Yeah, that, that was my first season in Belfast. Um, I think it was, I think it was maybe about a week away from coming to Belfast, and uh, I'd been living in Edinburgh at the time, and uh, I'd been working out a lot with Gars Garside or Gary, as he's well known as, and uh, we we played a lot of played a lot of badminton, and as well as going to work out, that was our kind of our workout stuff, and it was our routine, and I absolutely murdered them every single game all summer long, and. Uh, this was our last game together because I was leaving like that following week, and uh, I beat him a couple of times. He was like, "All right, one more game." One more game. I was like, "All right, be one more." So we had one more game. Jumped back, snapped my leg, my knee buckled, and I was like, "Oh no!" And so I had to make that awkward call to Thorntz, like, "Yeah, I'm supposed to be there in a week, but I've just done my knee and I need surgery." So. Things like that are pretty unfortunate when you get injured. And ever since then, basically, we kind of, I kind of had to just kind of tail, tail it back on, you know, things that you do outside the uh, the hockey or the ice. And uh, but things things that happen on the ice, you know, it's, it's going to happen if you, if you play the game for long enough. You're going to pick up injuries, and it's just part of it. And you kind of live, you 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 end up going through it, and it's it's tough, but you, you start to to live with it, and you you realize that there's a there's light at the end of the tunnel when you get that injury and you just kind of have to fight through it, really. I'm trying to think of who came in instead. Was it Philip the Ruval came in? Oh, no, it was... Uh, Cruiser, 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 Cruiser started Cruiser, first. Cruiser. When did the Ruval play for us? Before that? Before, really? yeah. Steve, he was. Yeah, Cruiser played the first first few games. Uh, I can't remember how many, to be honest. There, there was... A, there was uh, it wasn't as a, a real severe knee injury. I was able to to get back fairly quick, but I was I did manage to, to You started the, the first game of the season. I think I think what happened is I, I, I was super keen. Obviously coming to Belfast, you know, I wanted to to show what I had to offer and I, I was super keen and I think I, I think what happened is I maybe came back just a touch too early and then that maybe delayed me for another few games and Crazy managed to, to step in and do the job. Murph, you've obviously you've said about uh, some of the boys coming back next week, big Matt Nickerson um Evan, or sorry, Shevin Everett, um, <laughs> you, you know, Kevin Surrett, um, but you've got an announcement there, a couple of other guys who've, you've managed to get on board and, and looking forward to next weekend. 
Yeah, we've got a couple of other Belfast Giants legends. We've got Jason Bowen coming back. We've got Graham Walton. We've got Curtis Huppy. We've got um, some of our current Giant staff as well are going to play, be playing, and Shane Johnson and uh, head of hockey Steve Thornton as well. So those guys have all played a lot for a lot of games for the Belfast Giants, and they're super keen to get back on the ice. So give us the details then, Murph, of what's taking place in the next couple of weeks, next couple of days. Yeah, so we've got the the dinner evening on Monday. We're, do, we're going to do a, a draft on that night as well. So we're going to get the teams picked on that night, and uh, hopefully we'll get some rivalries built up for uh, Tuesday and get a little bit of a competition going amongst the guys. You're where the dickles already said he's throwing the gloves down. Actually, I haven't been invited yet. <laughs> Awkward. Work on Tuesday. Feel attention. Selling calendars in the, in the stands. Uh, he's got he's got big plans. Don't don't let him fool you. He's got big plans for the night. Well, listen, man, thanks very much for coming on. And uh, thanks to Dickel for dropping in as well. We wish you the very best over the next week. Everything, everybody's looking forward to the testimonial. No doubt it will go really, really well. And uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having us both. We're, uh, we're, we're speaking of my behalf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, this is Kevin Rain, number 22 of the Belfast Giants, and you're listening to A View from the Bridge. Before we get on, thanks a lot. Goes I saying, thanks very much to, to Murph and to Dick over there. You laugh. Uh, the details, of course, of the testimonial are available on BelfastGiants.com, and it's going to be a fantastic, uh, fantastic night next week on Tuesday, and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, before we go around the league. I'd like to thank our sponsors of Beer 52, the UK's number one craft beer delivery service. If you like your beer, they bring you some fantastic selections. I know some German beer selection, bottled beer going on at the minute. Um, if you like them, uh, go to beer52.com forward slash AVFTB and the first box is free. Thanks very much to beer52.com for uh, sponsoring the podcast and thank you very much to you for sponsoring or getting involved with them and therefore supporting us and also big thanks to Total Performance Fitness for bringing us the uh, the post-game interviews and of course to Fona Cab, the sponsor of the Player of the Month Award. Around the league um, we've, we've had the jingle that one but let's go for that one. There's been no actual dops as yet. I was, I'll ask you the questions about it. I'll check Twitter like, but I don't think there's any shout. The game between Fife and Manchester that took place at the weekend had a bit of a flashpoint at the end of the game. The captain, Dean Byers, has uh, suggested in a statement released on the Manchester Storm website that seemed to be texted in um, that uh, he accidentally went to the wrong end of the ice following the handshakes and was then bundled out of the way and all hell broke loose quite a bit of uh, back and forth a bit of a well, look like a bit of a line brawl a few a few ugly scenes not least with Lyndon Springer James Isaacs uh, there's been nothing from Dobbs yet that I can see the lead league waits of bated breath uh, says you're taking the incident I think he knew exactly what he was at. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not buying. I'm not buying all this crap that uh, oh, I stood at the wrong end a little. Bit. Um, I think there's going to be a, quite a bit of suspensions. Huh? I think that that uh, your man Lyndon Springer is uh, a complete um, for you know Balmer's holding back um, uh, Isaac's. Isaac's ended up getting. I think it was. I, I definitely got a twenty-minute game penalty for that. I don't know. Um, there, there has been a suggestion that there's been other footage, and there has been I, there, I've not seen the other footage, but there has been suggestion that there was eye gouging involved somewhere. Whether that involved eyes okay. or not, I don't know. But there has been. I've seen some things on social media saying, uh, "Look at this video," or there, I've seen a video where eye gouging was involved. Again, unproven. Whether Dobbs has that or not. Well, again, I mean, to be honest, I, I reckon there's going to be a suspensions handed out, um, and rightly so. You know, it's. I mean. We get the player suspended for starting to fight two minutes uh, before the end of the game, um, and that all happened after the final whistle. So, you know, Dops of uh, I would say there's going to be an example of at least one or two, maybe three guys. Lyndon Springer deserves all he gets, um, and if he doesn't get enough, he deserves more. But uh, you know, for for doing that, the guy's got his arms held and he's still throwing punches. What a um, so you know, it's uh, I, I, and the thing about it is he's a beardy. That's just, you know, I, I know they're trying to put bums on seats in Manchester, um, but you know that that's a, that's a that's a low play, um, and uh, I'd be interested to see the Fife actually play Manchester anymore the rest of the season. No, that's the last game they have uh, this season. It'd be good to get each other in the playoffs, wouldn't it? Yeah, if if Manchester make the playoffs, they're sitting outside at the minute, Davy. It's hard to argue with anything says is said there. You know the the Lyndon Springer incident. Part of it is the particularly ugly bit, you know, shades of 26th of October 2002, you know, shades of a player being held back while somebody else sucker punches him. Um, not acceptable. I feel, uh, I know I'm not Marmite kind of guy, I feel kind of sorry for, you know, Finner in that he'll be accused of not controlling your bench. I don't really know what you can do when your players are intent on starting something like that. I, you know, I've seen the, the GoPro footage at the Empires. Yes, he goes to the wrong end. He's skating away, and obviously something said to him, you know, sticks and stones, guys. Sometimes you just need to skate away from that and, and make a note of it for the next time you're going to see them. And, you know, he goes back and gets involved, and as, as we've seen, all hell breaks loose and, and the ugly scenes that, that follow from there. Ugly in the crowd as well, you know. Some of the chance from the crowd when the Manchester players are going off as well have to be... Have to be looked at, and I see the Fife Free Press have, have put out a pretty strong statement against the against the Fife fans as well. You know, you know, sort of reprimanding them for their part in it. But it's just ugly all right, and I think that some people are going to get a serious amount of time off. And, and you know, I think Finner's going to be in for what may be his third or fourth final this season. No, you touched on sorry, Paddy, for jumping in. You touched on the Fife Flyers fan. Um, you know, and I, I absolutely agree with David. Chanting uh, and some of those videos is bang out of the order. Like, um, you know, players are big boys; they're gonna look after themselves. But being called a scumbag and and uh, and worse, um, you know, coming off the ice, uh, there's no need for it. There's just no need for it. It's just I, I, the the bit there, Simon. You know, after it's all broken up, Manchester players are going off the ice, and the crowd to a man, woman, and child. You know, you know how how sort of sandpaper that rink can be at the best of times, but scum, 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 and you can see the Manchester players 
can I remember these guys? Okay, they've just been involved in a very physical game and all. It's their job, you know, and they're they're at work and they're coming off. That would affect you. I don't care who you are. That that's not nice. And 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 the wonder why players players aren't allowed to snap back at fans, but fans are allowed to say whatever we want. So we've got a responsibility as fans as well to control ourselves on, on what we say and how we say it as well. And you know that was just a bit unsavory for me, especially when you see uh, the kind of reaction of some of the Manchester players that might not have been just quite as involved in the physical side of stuff as some of their teammates. You know that, that's just not right. Is this is this going is this going back a couple of seasons? Was oh, it Manchester, Manchester have had a runs in with Fife for a long time. Devin did he uh, against Danny Stewart. The ill thought I'd bite into them. Was that the issue as well? Sorry, Debbie, was that the issue as well? Was it Nielsen? Was, was yeah, something yeah, the plexiglass yeah. as well? Yeah. Grabbing the fan. Yeah. That's, again, I mean, with regard, I actually, we talked about that at the time. I felt sorry for Nielsen that night. Um, I didn't think he deserved uh, to get the, you know, to get what he got and, um, you know, players and fans need to be kept separate. And I know they've put a three-inch bit of plexiglass behind the benches, um, but you know that that needs to be, um, you know, certainly kept. The, uh, there needs to be security and stuff in there as well, because that's bang out of the order. And, and we, you know, we're, we're, we touched on at the time as well. Big Matt Nickerson getting that twenty-game suspension. That guy shouldn't have got anywhere near him. Absolutely anywhere near him. Um, and I think that twenty-game suspension was bang out of the order as well. What do you call the guy? Cardiff, the, the convoy, was it convoy? Yeah, convoy? And he had he had the incident coming off the ice as well, getting the, yeah in, in the fan. It happens, but uh, yeah, there's no there's no justification for it. We'll see. As I said, the elite league fans are waiting a bit with bated breath to see what the Department of Player Safety come up with in this incident, and we'll see, no doubt, in the next twenty four to forty eight hours before either of these two teams play again. Uh, two other things to talk about. Well. Milton Keynes Lightning. Oh, anybody who listens to the BBC Five Live show Fighting Talk will know this week that Gail Ems, the, uh, the Olympic silver medalist in, in badminton, spoke of her motivational talk that she gave to the Milton Keynes Lightning team ahead of this weekend's game against the Dundee Stars. Must have worked. They won 4-3. Well done to her. Uh, but Milton Keynes have other issues. It came out in the Sheffield Star earlier today that the, the person, the parting of ways of Doug Mackay on personal, on what was sorry, what was deemed to be personal issues. It's a two-one game. We're playing great. Wasn't really personal issues at all. He was sacked. Um, some very interesting comments coming out where they, I think Mackay believes that he's owed money. The the owners of the Milton Keynes Lightning state that they know he's owed money, but there is a misconduct or a misconduct dismissal issue with him that they can't really talk about. Um, all very strange, Davey, all not very good for the Milton Keynes Lightning. Yeah, I think it would be wrong for us to speculate um, on this gross misconduct. I think that <coughs> the Milton Keynes Lightning have admitted they owe money. Um, he's obviously put out the statement as to exactly what he believes he was owed. He worked the whole summer. He recruited the team from April to September. Hasn't been paid for that yet. Didn't get paid when he came in. So he, he's obviously, and he says he was given a 40-week contract. They are obviously trying to, to mitigate as much as they can and, and what they'll want to be paying him now for, for a job that he's not doing, whether that's by you know his choice or their choice. It seems to have been, he's saying that we're, he, he was sacked. So, 
it's ugly. We've had rumours going around about Milton Keynes for a while now about their their money issues. They're saying they're they're fine. They just don't want to spend any more money this season. They've obviously you know mailed this season in and and I want the rebuild for next year. But you know that's going to run and run. I see the uh, the chairman of the elite league who has, has absolutely no vested interest in in that, of course. Um, is getting involved in it as well now. So we will see what, what will come out of it. It'll be interesting just to keep an eye on that. For the, That's a story that'll run for another while yet, I would say. Indeed, the comment on the Sheffield Star from Tony Smith. All our players at Sheffield are reimbursed almost immediately. I don't know the situation in MK. Davey, sorry, Davey says, like I said, the, the owners of uh, the MK Lightning have come out and they've made their statements, one of which we're in saying, we owe him some money, but he owes me for what he did. But I can't go into that. All very strange. Yeah, again, David's touched on it there. It's not really for us to yep. to um, to bring up. And, you know, likes of Bob Webb allegedly reporting um, in the Sheffield Star about the Milton's Keane Lightning. You know, it must be a busy week in Sheffield. Um, I see that Jackson Whistle got uh, EIHL Player of the Week as well, but yet he didn't get man of the match of either game at the weekend. Strange, that, eh? It's very odd. Uh, one other comment before I look at quickly at the lead table is uh, the Guildford Flames played three and three, and the third of those games they faced the Cardiff Devils. And with a little over two and a half minutes left in the game, the Guildford Flames were three nil up. That game went to overtime. Got Cardiff scored three in about two and a half, the final two and a half minutes, took the game to overtime. Guildford winning overtime, Cardiff scraping that point. Uh, it leaves things really tight at the top of the Elite League. But Davy Guildford to drop three goals like that. I think we look at it more for Guildford. They don't care. They got their two points. That's all their. That's all they care about. And fair play to them. From the from our point of view, yes, we're a bit miffed because we're Belfast Giants fans fighting for a league title, which is still in our own hands. But we looked at that three 0 and we got our hopes up. Yeah, I, I, you know, we can only look after our own business, and that obviously proves that you cannot, uh, you know, expect or, or hope that other teams can do things for you. You hope sometimes to do, but um, you know, there come the end, last five minutes of a three and three, two trips to Belfast, two hard games where they were under the pump for, especially the night before. You know, they got they got hammered for sixty minutes in terms of, you know, it was a physical game, it was a fast game. That last five minutes was just we talked about our own games and saying the last sort of twenty five minutes of, of Sunday's game was was a bridge too far for us. Well, that last five minutes was just a little bit too much for them, and and yeah, unfortunately, you know they couldn't hang on. It would have been nice to to have that extra point cushion, but it wasn't to be. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be too dirty about it. You know, with them them not being able to hold on. Says you got a hand at the Guildford though they had three games and three nights against the top two teams in the league and they walked away with three points. Yeah, yeah, they're a good team. They they really are a good team. Um, I, I'll rate Carosi a lot better than what I rate Fullerton. Um, the uh, you know I thought they played really well against us. The the other side of things is you've got a hand at like you know we 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 we're at a battle with the Cardiff Devils at the top of that league and. Um, you're three down with two and a half minutes to play. You know, they play for 60 minutes. Unfortunately for them, they didn't play for 65. Um, but, uh, you know, coming out and, and obviously getting the, the, uh, the shootout winner. But, and, you know, we, we, we talked about this. It was about an hour and a half before that um, and, and saying about the chance to drop the point. Um, I don't think any of us were expecting the Guildford Flames to be 3-0 up. 
Um, and then when they are three 0 up, I had a power nap, and and then when I woke up about seven minutes to go in the game, I was sitting going, "Oh, hey, Guildford." Um, I've seen it on on flash scores, but uh, the, you know the devils that can back into that and get three goals in that short space of time is is uh, in fairness, it is pretty impressive. But um, thank goodness Guildford actually did come up and and finish, and and, and I was like, "Did you see the penalty shot from Akrid?" Lovely, little forward. Oh. Unbelievable. Kids unreal. Um, but, uh, you know, they did us a favour that night. And, you know, you, you said there a few minutes ago, Paddy, about nothing really to play for. There. Um, you know, I spoke to Paul Dixon uh, after both games on Friday and Saturday night to do the interviews. And, and on the side issue, what a top lad he is. He's nice, a brother. real, Very real nice, good lad. Um, and, uh, you know, he stood and talked to us for about five or ten minutes, even after the interview was done. Um, you know, I wanted to get home, but he's still talking. And <laughs> you talked about that before, Paddy. Um, you know, he, once you ask him one question, you don't have to ask him any other questions nope. for the interview. He just he'll, answers everything. He'll go through it. He's brilliant. But, uh, you know, he, they did us a favour in front Coming back from from uh, the uh, 3-0 to 3-3, and then obviously getting that to the penalty shot winner. Big, big, uh, big favour for us. Quick look through the Elite League table. It feels like it wasn't that long ago that the Cardiff Devils had an 11-point lead at the top of the Elite League. That 11-point lead has evaporated and is now only a single point. 44 games played, 69 points. The Belfast Giants are one point behind them, having played one extra game. 45 played, 68 points. Born, Davy. That's not me, but that was... Oh, it is? I thought it Tired. It's contagious. It was Davy started it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, title race doesn't these guys don't find it interesting. Um, the Nottingham Panthers forty nine games played fifty seven. That's changed. Let me come back to that because tonight the Glasgow clan have defeated the Dundee Stars, so they now sit in third place. Forty five games played, sixty eight points. Sorry, fifty fifty eight points. Nottingham are in fourth, fifty seven points. Five. Guildford, Sheffield and Dundee make up the playoff points and there's only about one point between all of those. Storm are outside of the playoffs, 45 points. Coventry, 43 points. And as we mentioned, the MK Lightning, 28 points. There's a real battle there. Right, let's wrap this section of the show up and we'll look ahead. Three games against the aforementioned Glasgow clan. The game against... The Glasgow clan, I nearly said Brayhead, the Glasgow clan this week in the second leg of the Challenge Cup semi-final is the free sports game of the week. And as we do when Belfast Giants are playing in the free sports game of the week, we're delighted to invite back on our very good friend of the show, Aaron Murphy. How are you, mate? I'm good, Paddy. How are you? Uh, really refreshed good. from the slopes, I hope. <laughs> refreshed, don't think is the right word. A lot of Jaeger, but, but, but we'll move on from that. <laughs> the, <laughs> The free sports game of the week is the game, the second leg of the Brayhead clan, or the Glasgow clan. I'm going to keep doing that. The Glasgow clan, it's tight. It's 2-1. It's going to be a great game. Well, I mean, I think you guys would have taken that. Didn't you guys have three or four games in three or four nights to to get to that point of that 2-1 result in Glasgow? So to be down by a goal coming home. After a busy, heavy schedule, you guys seem to have three and threes uh, a lot recently. So I think that, uh, you know, the coach, Adam Keefe, and the leadership group there, Blair Riley and company, would be feeling pretty good about just the one goal in, in the difference with the, with the workload you guys have had. So, I mean, you want a close fixture, and we certainly got that, and looking forward to having a Challenge Cup game on free sports. 
Over the last couple of weeks, the free sports game of the week, you've been getting some absolute barn burners. And, uh, but then you have the incident like what happened with Guildford in, in the period break. So a bit of a mixture. <laughs> you know what, Paul and I, that was a lot of fun because actually that, that delay in Guildford, uh, we got to talk about some of the league news with discipline mm-hmm. stuff and all that, which you don't always have time to talk about. But uh, look, to every cloud is a silver lining. So the more we get to talk about the league, even if it is a Zamboni malfunction or whatever, we'll, we'll take advantage and just soldier on. But look, every game has been good. They've been tight. Uh, we're seeing, we keep talking about, it, don't we? Every time we talk uh, on a podcast or a webcast or a TV, the league gets better year on, year in, year out on, on the ice. And we keep seeing that in, in all of our games of the week. So really looking forward to being back at SSC Arena on Thursday. What are you expecting from that game? You know, it, it being so tight, it being a Challenge Cup game as well and the Belfast Giants chasing to retain that trophy. Well, you know, when you're the defending champions, there's the old saying, never bet against the defending champions until the defending champions are done. So there's a team that will feel pretty good about this competition. And remember, Adam Keefe, just his second year as the head coach, his first championship, his first trophy was the Challenge Cup. So they'll have a special place in the, in the team's DNA over the last few seasons. So to be down by a goal, I think that they're going to come out hard. I think they're going to want to get that first goal. Beskar Awani has been magnificent in the Challenge Cup. Um, up to this point, I mean, Blair Riley, the leadership group, everyone's going. I think it'll be a tight game uh, because when you look on the other side of the puck, Pete Russell has the, the Glasgow clan playing their best hockey this season. They're moving up the uh, the standings in, in league play. And now after what would have been maybe just a feeling out process at the start of the season, maybe a lot of people wouldn't have thought they'd be at this point. Uh, in the Challenge Cup, but they've had a, a tough road, of course, against the likes of Cardiff. But here they are within a, a win or a couple of goals to get into a, a trophy final under head coach Pete Russell. So there's a lot to play for on both sides of the puck. I expect it to be fast, physical, and, and in the end, I think it'll be close. And of course, you, uh, one of the, or you're the main commentator when it comes to the, uh, the Champions Hockey League. And earlier on in the show, we were delighted to announce that Belfast Giants will be taking part in next year's Champions Hockey League. Your thoughts on that? Oh, pitter patter. I, I can't wait, Patty. Let's, let's get that one going because what a tip of the cap that is to Mark Brooks, James Glover, uh, everyone behind the, the, the scenes there, Shane Johnson, Steve Thornton, uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick. It's because when other people see the, the tournaments you put on, whether it's the Continental Cup or the NCAA Friendship Four, uh, they see the fan interaction. They see the quality of the building, the quality of the operation, the quality of the club staff, the quality of the volunteers, the quality of the game night experience and how could you not invite them i mean uh they were they will go to a shootout in the Connell cup final and uh I, i'm delighted that the chl is seeing that as a, as a, an opportunity to bring another eihl team in so i couldn't be happier uh for everyone at the giants same here mate listen give us a bit of a show what 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 are the details for the game on thursday yeah well tune in uh 6 30 is the pregame show uh, Paul Adeby will be with me. Uh, the Belfast Giants' own Simon Kitchen will be will be ringside for this one. As Chris Ellis was already on an assignment, so he had a scheduling conflict. So we welcome Simon on board. Six thirty is the pregame show. Seven p.m. face-off between the Belfast Giants and the Glasgow Clan. Live on Free Sports, and you can check FreeSports.tv for all the the info there. Mate, we're looking forward to seeing you again behind the mic again at the SSC Arena on Thursday. Thank you very much for your time. Patty, any time, and I can't wait to get up there and get going, so hopefully people tune in and enjoy. Thanks to Murph. Um, that game, 
as he said on Thursday. Watch it on Free Sports. Saturday and Sunday, we're back in the league action against the same opponents at home to the clan, 7pm at the SSE Arena. And on Sunday, if I was better prepared, I would have actually looked up the time, but I'll come back to that. Your thoughts on those three games, says? Three tough, tough games. The clan are playing well. Uh, they beat us 2-1 in the uh, Challenge Cup. Um, again, we were we had four games in five nights and uh, the guys were gassed that night. I'm expecting a big performance on Thursday. Uh, I know that the boys really want to get to that final uh, in Cardiff in March and and uh, retain their title. And, and uh, again, it's not going to be easy. You know, they're about them playing with the start of the season. Um, you know, the, the clan didn't uh, uh, reach up their expectations that were, were in place and uh, bringing a couple of the players back into the, their lineup, making a couple of big changes and bringing, you know, obviously Fitzgerald came back and Pitt came back. And, um, you know, they've got a good lineup. They, uh, and as I say, they're up, to, they're up to third in the league now. So, it's a it's a big game. Um, I'm expecting a win for us, um, and uh, and then we move on to Saturday and Sunday, which again two games and uh, and, and but again about it, that we day in between um, will hopefully do do the world good as well. So uh, Thursday night for the first game, uh, it's a chance win for me. Davy, a 5-1 win tonight for the clan over the Dundee Stars. They've got a day's rest before they come into Belfast. They are on a rich vein of form. A rich vein of form. Aye, it seems to be. Um, so I was having a wee It's getting very late for those who don't realise that, you know, we've got other things to do. Um, You're done in five minutes. You better believe it. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, this is, this is kind of said, not, not my favourite part of the show, Paddy. People don't need me to repeat what Simon has already said there, which is, um, what did he say? <laughs> doesn't matter, you weren't listening. No, I was listening, man. I, I only jest, but, but you're right. Look, they're, they're scoring goals for fun. So it, it's one of those, Paddy. The first goal on Thursday night is really crucial. And I know it's cliche, and this is the time to throw the cliches out, but we won't be looking at you know Saturday and Sunday until Thursday night's done. So neither am I. Thursday night, 7pm on Free Sports. You get yourself down to the SSE Arena for the second leg of the semi-final of the Challenge Cup. The Belfast Giants out to retain that trophy. On Saturday, 7pm at the SSE Arena, back in league competition. And on Sunday, away at the shopping centre. All these games are against the Glasgow clan. 4pm on Sunday, that is, at Brayhead Shopping Centre. Um, incidentally, we're hoping to have a chat in the next few days with... Uh, <laughs> Pete Russell, uh, which we rely on Kingdom of the Giants for that. And, and also a big shout out to uh, Noel Gillespie, who did a brilliant a new section, the whiteboard, where he does a bit of a deep dive onto the opposition. Hopefully we'll have one of those on the Glasgow clan coming up in the next day or two. Any other business, boys? I have nothing this week. Oh, okay. I have a little, a little bit um, honest to do with on Friday morning. The return of number 27, Paxton Schulte coming back to Belfast for just shy of a week. If you're at a game, if you see him about, say hello, buy him a beer. I'm sure he'll not say no to you. Um, but I, I suppose on the back of that, I need to thank Simon Kitchen for organising everything that he's organised to get Paxton here, his hotels, flights, all that mm-hmm. kind of good stuff. Um, but a shout out to Chris Revel. We could send a taxi for Paxton. We could tell him to get the bus. We could tell him to catch a train. But Chris Revel has volunteered, old school Belfast Giants fan, 
volunteer to drive down to Dublin on Friday morning, pick them up, bring them. We hope the two of them actually get in the car rather than just going to Temple Bar and get them in. <laughs> but um, we're trusting that on a, Rev on will a train get, from Conway. Well, yeah, we'll get Packer back to Belfast for for his his week home for the testimonial, all, all that sort of stuff. So we can only say thank you to the generosity of 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 Rev for doing that. We really appreciate it. I'm sure Paxton will rather than landing into Dublin with all his gear after an overnighter looking to get, you know, a train or a bus or whatever. So fair play to Rev for doing that for us. It's appreciated more than you'll ever know, mate. So thank you. Yes, thank you very much indeed, Chris. You're top, top man. Here, here. Fantastic. Right, on that note, let's wrap these things up. So big thanks to Thorts, big thanks to Aaron Murphy, and of course to Stephen Murphy and the cameo from Andrew Dixon. The games this weekend on Thursday against the Glasgow clan in the Cup second leg of the Challenge Cup semi-final, 7pm at the SSE Arena. On Saturday against the Renfrewshire clan at 7pm at the SSE Arena in the Elite League. And on Sunday against the Brayhead clan, 4pm away in the shopping centre. I don't know where it is because it must be that far away from Glasgow that Josh Gratton this week said he was playing in England. So, you know, pick one of those sides. Uh, you can keep in touch with the games, of course, at the SSE Arena on Belfast Giants TV for Saturday on Free Sports for the Cup on Thursday. And we'll just keep you up to date as best we can on Sunday for the game in Brayhead. And also we come back then to for Stephen Murphy's wonderful testimonial. Some brilliant, brilliant players coming back. Not least the aforementioned Paxton Schulte, Kevin Surrett, uh, Chevin Everay. Uh, <laughs> who else is in there? There's so there's so many. It's uh, it's going to be a fantastic night on Tuesday. If you've not got a ticket to that, get your name down, get yourself down, and support one of the one of the all time greats for the Belfast Giants, two time elite league champion, and Glasgow Eagles. And I know you've sent me the picture, Davy. I'm going off what it says on the uh, elite league. Oh, sorry, elite prospects. Glasgow Eagles must be a team. It says so on elite prospects. I know that. I know just to jump. And as a final thing, I know you said one of the best greats. See, in terms of goaltenders, the greatest that will ever wear the badge for this club. Well Agreed. Said, well said, sir. And if you want to get in touch with us at AVFTB on Twitter, podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com. Keep an eye on the website, www.kingdomofthegiants.com, for all of our bits and pieces through the week. We're hoping to get a few more articles up there in the next week or two and some great game reports, highlights, and some, and of course, the uh, the post game interviews brought to you by Total Performance Fitness. Um, I think that's us done. Thanks, gents. Thanks, boys. Cheers, cheers, cheers. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey, and we'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge. Podcast Network.